Hello, Chris. Hello, Sharon. <laughs> Why did you pause? Comedic timing. Oh, but I'm bummed. Welcome to the Crowncast. Today we're going to talk about Season 1, Episode 2. The title of this one is Hyde Park Corner. What's the significance of the title this time, Chris? Hyde Park Corner. Spoiler alert. The king dies. He dies in Hyde Park Corner. Oh, no, he doesn't. No. (laughs) Now you don't know what's going on, do you? Hyde Park Corner is the code that Churchill has set up with the foreign secretary that the king is dead. I actually knew that. Well, then why didn't you say that? Why do you make stuff up? We well, don't make shit up on this show, Chris. I thought we were going to talk about it sort of in line with the rest of the show. Well, but I already said it. Okay. Oh, yes, and. <laughs> I think you talked about that in the first time we recorded this episode. <laughs> yeah, probably. So I wanted to say, yeah, we we have recorded this a second time. We recorded this once and I forgot to turn all the noisemakers off. So the audio was usable, but not great. You mean like the horns and the bells and all the party paraphernalia? Yes. Noisemakers? And the ceiling fan, the oh. the fan that I have in the ceiling. In and the, the closet fan? Yes, the closet fan. Yeah. So uh, we've done that this time. We've checked the audio. It sounds a little better. Schroeder keeps trying to get in here. He says, hi, Auntie Valerie. I wonder if I should let him out. So where do we begin this episode? Hello, Chris. I, I meant of the crown. Oh. I, I feel like we've already started our episode. <laughs> we start at the beginning. It's a very fine place to start. Oh. We open in Nairobi, 1952. Yes. Oh, because they're on their Goodwill tour. They're on the Goodwill tour. Liz and her husband are attending in her father's place. Her father's feeling much better now. Not dead yet. And is going to go duck hunting later. Nairobi is the capital and the largest city in Kenya. It was founded in 1899 by the colonial authorities in British East Africa, gaining its independence in 1963. So that's why they're visiting Nairobi, because they own Nairobi. Right. And as Liz says, Liz does say in her speech that Nairobi has become a proper city now. They they seem to have this idea that just going and visiting these places where they have conquered and turned into, quote, civilization right. is, is helpful for the community somehow. Right. It seems helpful to the relations between the crown and the country. Right. Nairobi. It's still one. It's one of those weird things that kind of tweaks me about the whole sure. British monarchy thing. As like, it should. Um, I did find it really interesting. All the scenes at, at the at the Kenya mm-hmm. compound, the because they went on kind of a safari with the jeeps, and Queen Elizabeth talks about how it's easy to fix. You just got to let it cool off for a minute. No, stop. She's overheated. No, can I have that? Thank you. All you have to do is wait. It's all right. I was a mechanic during the war. 
what was the treetop was the name of their their treehouse that they got to stay oh in. i didn't catch that that's good that was cool we I stayed liked... in a treetop on our honeymoon oh, we did didn't we kind of like the queen and well the princess and her consort kind of like that yeah kind of like that didn't wear a crown though surprisingly did, did you not I, I thought you did nope on our wedding day you didn't wear a tiara or no. something you had some kind of t- headpiece with a veil that you wore around. Oh, the night before, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Not the same thing. It's not about us, though. Anyway. It's about the crown. In these scenes, Liz is wearing her three-stranded pearls. She loves three-stranded pearls. She has two or three sets of three-stranded pearls that she wears on different occasions. To this day, they are one of her go-to ensembles okay i think they're very classy sure and very lovely and philip is an asshole to the natives he is kind of an asshole isn't he and after doing a little bit of research i found that this is not historically inaccurate and again i haven't done any research but i sort of doubt that he stared down a bull elephant i yeah probably not i imagine that was kind of cg but that was a great scene but liz is fucking educated and she is a kind person so she tries to follow along behind him and put things back into place a little bit yeah not that you can completely but she does what she can one of the things that liz and philip talk about in when they're at treetop the right. little treehouse is Liz mentions writing her father to see if they can go back to Malta. She is referencing the time just a couple of years previous when they spent time there. Philip was stationed there and they absolutely loved Malta. It was casual for them. Liz was able to do her own grocery shopping and go to the hairdresser and kind of live like a normal, a more normal person there. And they really enjoyed it. Right. I'm sure it was exciting for her to have thoughts of of getting back to that. Of course, that isn't going to be able to happen, as we shall see. A lot of what we see character development wise in this episode Mm -hmm. is about Elizabeth coming to terms with her new role. Right. Um, So the idea that they would be able to go back to Malta was sort of her her dream at this point. Right. And then she's realizing that since her father's health is not actually improving, she's going to have to give up her life and start with the monarch life. Right. Right. Which apparently is a whole different thing. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit, and they because they really talk, they really drive that in at the end of the this this episode. Right. So at the beginning, we're kind of intercutting between uh, the scenes in Kenya and some of the scenes at Number Ten Downing Street. Right. With uh, with Churchill. Yeah. Um. I, I really I know you've you've done some research a little on, bit on this. Um, so he was, he was a late riser. He would get up, he would have breakfast. He would have, he would sort of luxuriate in his apartment. In bed. Like he would wake up and he would have breakfast in bed and would take care of a lot of his business in the bathtub or in bed. Meanwhile, like his office is sort of buzzing around and people are getting in and they're doing all the things and he gets a box too. And then that scene with the new girl. 
reading him his notes from the box. <laughs> and he does this big splash thing in the tub and sends water shooting out under the door. I'm curious, not curious enough to actually research it, but I'm curious if shit like that was intentional mm-hmm. or a- ever actually happened. Right. But still, it's a lot of good character development. Right. Philip and Churchill both come off as kind of dicks at the beginning of this episode. Uh-huh. Um, but then we move on to the king. He gets his morning health check from his doctor. Right. And then he wants to go hunting. So he's he's heading up to Sandringham. To go duck hunting. And one of my favorite lines from this episode is from the duck hunt when... Was it Eden that was talking to the king? And I don't know who Eden is. Um, so they're duck hunting, and Eden was talking to King George, trying to get him to talk to Churchill, like as a chum. Oh, 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 oh. Instead of as the king, and he said, "That person was murdered by his elder brother." When he abdicated. Saying that he'll never be able to talk to Churchill as a chum again. Well, and he said he would love to. Right. If that person were still around. Right. But as the king, as King George VI, he's much more a stickler for the rules. And it's completely inappropriate Mm -hmm. for him to do that. And he'll never not be King George VI. Exactly. Which is what Liz is going to be coming to terms with by the end of the episode. Right. As well. Her, her lifelong. Yeah, I, I found it really interesting the way that King George holds court. So yeah, that guy comes up from <laughs> from number ten and wants to have an audience with him. So it's like, hey, you you get to go hunting in between shotgun shells. They're talking back and forth about this stuff. Another thing I really like the way that Jared Harris is playing the role of King George is that as King George is getting more sick and getting more tired, his stutter is ever so lightly starting to come out occasionally. Well, and I I think it's always there and he's doing a really good job. Such an amazing job of of, it. Of at least keeping it in the back of his throat. Anytime Mm -hmm. he's talking, they gave him some really good scenes for that. In this episode. So then we're, we're done with the hunting scene. Mm-hmm. Everybody heads back. I didn't quite catch what King George was talking about because he was talking about number one, number eight. Right. Morning, gentlemen. There we are. Eight guns today, numbering from the right, moving up to each, each drive. So if you draw one or eight, not to worry. You'll be in the thick of it soon enough. (laughs) But it was kind of a nice scene because he comes back and he's sort of jovial. You know, he's kind of kidding around with all the fellas. Right. You know, everybody gets their... Did they go out for beers? They did. They all got their little glasses of sherry. (laughs) Like there's one butler guy sitting there with a tray just for the king. That's awesome. With a little glass of sherry on it. Right. And he gets it and he pops into the Land Rover and Margaret drives him away to wherever the hell they're going. <laughs> I guess they're going back to the house right. at that point. And I'm excited to start getting to spend some time with Margaret in this yeah. episode. The first time we really see her, um, 
she is convincing Captain Townsend to kiss her in the foyer, which he is reticent to do, but it she's makes, a little saucy. Him, so. Makes him very uncomfortable. <laughs> it does make him very uncomfortable. But he powered through it. He did. He did a good job, just like you did, Chris. Oh, easy. <laughs> Mental note to those following along at home, Captain Townsend is married with children and kissing on Princess Margaret. Which is apparently a no-no. Talk about that more in later episodes. You can bet on it. I really enjoyed that scene (laughs) between Margaret and the king. Oh, the singing? Yeah. Yeah, that was nice. It was sweet. And I like the way they're building up their relationship. They do have a very sweet, loving relationship. Right. when when she drove him back, they 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 seem to be fairly affectionate to each other. Right. You know, they kiss each other on the cheek and and say nice things to each other. And and I hope that's I hope that's all true. I want that all to be true. The the way they shot the scene was really interesting to me because at first the camera is sort of facing Margaret. She's playing the piano, mm-hmm. and it's kind of off to the side, not quite over the shoulder, but off to the side of the king. And they're kind of going back and forth and there she's playing her little tune and they're singing. It's a duet and it's lovely. It's, it's a lovely little piece. You know, you, you can tell the King's kind of struggling with it, but he's also, he's doing really well uh-huh. getting through it. Mm-hmm. And then Margaret makes a motion. She actually points. She's sitting there playing the piano. She takes her hand off it for a second and points. Uh-huh. And then the camera follows her eye line. Oh. And you see there's this whole room of people. Right. Just enthralled just soaking up every bit of the king and his daughter singing and playing piano together it was really sweet it is really sweet and then you kind of see king george he's like oh yeah that's right there's other people here too (laughs) and he he turns on his king like i think he was more dad in that scene right and then he switches back over to more king you know she has a little tear running down her eyes you know you know i'm a sucker for that kind of stuff you are really sappy but really well done i liked it a lot Well, I think this is a good point to go to questions from last week. Oh, okay, great. Last week, we were talking about the different royal residencies. And you had asked if Windsor Castle belongs to the nation or to the family. The answer is Windsor Castle belongs to the nation. It is the official country residence of the royal family. I don't think it's far from Buckingham Palace. Of course, Buckingham Palace is the London residence. And the other two national residences are Holyrood in Scotland and Hillsborough, which is in Northern Ireland. So those are the four nationally held ones. And then when we talk about any of the other homes, such as Sandringham, which is where these first two episodes have mostly taken place, that is one of the personally owned owned and usually passed through the family or bought and sold between the family and and things like that. So that's good to know. Yeah. And now we're getting to the, the meat. Yeah, of what's it going on. Serious. So the scene opens to bagpipes being played. Yeah, it's the morning after the the evening event right. at, at Sandringham. The day after the duck hunt, um, bagpipes being played, and I'm glad I looked this up because this is pretty neat. The monarch has been woken by bagpipes since Queen Victoria 
introduced the tradition 175 years ago. The reason they don't have one at Sandringham is because of space reasons. Like Space they, Force? Yeah, they don't, because Space Force said so. No, because he doesn't have a place to sleep. Sure. There have been 15 pipers that have held this position. They play every day at 9 a.m. for 15 minutes under the window of the monarch at all of the four national residences. I can't believe they get to sleep until 9 every They day. are at, I know. Well, I mean, Winston stays in bed all day, so... Well, I got shit to do. I'd stay in bed too. You know, podcasts. I, gotta, <laughs> I, need to, I need to record the royal podcast. So I was sad to learn that Sandringham was not in Scotland. No, it's that not. That it was just the regular duty of the piper to wake the monarch in the morning. Yeah. So the piper plays, but no, the king does not awaken. No. The king's dead. So now starts all the sad duty of informing everyone. The, the queen mother is told, the, the widow of the king is told, everyone starts waking up and freaking out. Mm-hmm. Liz is in the depths of Africa. Yeah, Liz is. Where they're trying to keep her away from the radio until safari. someone can tell her. The poor guy that has to take the flag down on top of the tower. Yeah. Like, what a solemn duty to be a butler at a, at a royal residence and be like, oh, I get to take the yeah. king's colors down. But yeah, they're trying to get the message down there. So someone gets a phone call and they start running around trying to find where she is. And they do eventually find her and we get all of the facial acting chops from these actors. Mm -hmm. And these guys are like on it with the facial reactions. Doctor Who dude is good. Smith, Yeah. Find him to be much more attractive than I did earlier in the episode. It's really interesting because... Like him and Churchill both, they really made out to be dicks, mm-hmm. but also they can still be very um, caring and magnanimous mm-hmm. characters. Like when we get to the end, obviously Churchill will eulogize the king. Right. And that's amazing. Matt Smith is the whole time, like he's very loving to his wife. And place with the kids there in exactly. Nairobi. He loved hanging out with the kids yeah. at, in the show. Right. Um, so it's interesting to see yeah. all of the the character, all of the world building that mm-hmm. they're doing, you know, with, with, with making these characters feel so real. And he was very empathetic when he was talking to Liz about her father dying. But then... It wasn't long after that when he had to walk behind her getting off the plane and he was very exasperated as well. And this was another moment um, where where the world of the show really works for me because they're doing all of this back and forth, you know, trying to find the 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 princess so that she they can tell her that she's the queen and that her father Mm -hmm. has died. You know, there there's all this rushing around, everybody's packing up, like the trip is over. They're right back on the plane and headed back to London. They're making a point to show us to tell us about their their handler their their handler. Um, was it Matthew, Michael, Mitchell? Mitchell. But that kid's not going to work for them anymore because the senior guy said he can't, and the senior guy's going to take over. Right. And I kind of. Th- you know, I, I thought this time around watching it that that sort of makes sense because he knows protocol better. You know, Queen Elizabeth doesn't know all the protocol. She needs That's someone true. to help sort of guide her. Martin. His name is Martin. Martin. There you go. 
the way they've they've cut all the action together there's not a lot of dialogue they're just trying to get back you know there's the scene of elizabeth in the car and they're driving through and all of the Maasai warriors come out and and all of the the kenyan people at the the ranch where they were staying right. like they're all giving them a nice big farewell and they're chanting the chanting and... i thought the chanting was really cool mm-hmm. um, but then like the music is building you know there's a there's a singer in the background and she's She's just vocalizing. She's not, you know, she's not singing words. She's just sort right. of wailing and adding this big dramatic flair to the moment. I actually thought that if it weren't as well put together as it is this show, if mm-hmm. the acting weren't as good, if the sets weren't as good, if if all of that wasn't spot on, that this might actually seem overly dramatic or melodramatic. Right. But it's it's not. It it's wasn't. Totally it was believable. really well done. Yeah. So that was that was a moment that really worked for me, that whole sequence. I'm glad you noticed all the music and stuff, because that while I understand that that contributes to my enjoyment of the show, I don't notice it. Yeah. It's not in the front of my mind like sure. it is in yours. So I'm glad that you that you catch stuff like that. Margaret is having a pretty tough time. It's as rough. expected. Yeah. Dealing with the death of her father. Yeah, she was not looking forward to that. She runs off on her horse. And her boyfriend, Peter, Peter Townsend, knows exactly where to find her. So he goes after her. And I still keep wanting this guy to be the guy from the man in High Castle. But Chris keeps telling me it's not. Yeah, it's still not him. And he won't let that happen. But I really want that to be the case. I feel like they really look a lot alike. He was in a show called Coupling. Okay. I don't know what that means. I mean, I know what that means. But I don't know what that means. Anywho, Pete is George's attendant, and he is the one that was offered the position to, yes. to have the same position with Liz. Correct. He accepts the position, even though it's clear that he and Margaret, I don't even want to say have been found out. I mean, people know, people who are close to the, yeah. it's apparently to the not palace that, know it's apparently not that big what's a going on. And he was advised not to take the role, but he kind of gave a double finger, double middle finger and said, I'm doing it anyway. Yep. And then we're on the plane or getting back right. to the plane. Sure. The queen is without a black dress in which to debark the plane, which is a problem. Royals. When they leave the country, they are expected to take with them proper black mourning attire in case somebody dies while they're away so that when they come back, they can get off of the plane wearing proper mourning clothes. Here's a question for next week. Oh, I love these. So it's it's obvious for, you know, for this sort of era that it kind of makes sense that if you're going on a goodwill tour to all these African and whatever else they're going countries that they're going to be gone for three months. Right. Do they still do that now? Yes. Do they go on tour for months? Oh, I thought you meant take the clothes. They do the clothes now. I'm guessing not. It's a lot easier to get around. Well, it is. But then if you, if you want to take a tour of, of Africa and stop at all these different cities, right. I mean, I don't know. Do your own research. But it just seems like, and even and Philip in this episode called it a vacation. 
Like they just kind of prance around the world doing whatever the hell they want to. You know, somebody says they have to work for five minutes at the beginning of the day. And it's like, okay, well, the rest of the time you just do whatever the hell you want. Right. Everyone's just going to cater to you all the time. And I think now too, and this, I don't, I have nothing to back this up. I would think that they have like their volunteer work or whatever project they've decided to take on as a royal and yeah, I guess they might and have they kind of do that. They don't come here very often. I wouldn't. Yeah, good point. But maybe maybe they do go to the do they go to Canada very often? I was thinking maybe they do go to some of the more British places more often. I, mean, I would think so. I don't know. I'll yeah. see what I can find out. That's a tough one though. Google, what do royals do? <laughs> At least we have the Google and we can find that stuff out. So they get a black ensemble to the queen, the new queen on the plane where she is reading the letter from her grandmother that tells her that Elizabeth Mountblotton is dead and Elizabeth Regina lives. It was a nice callback to the moment where King George was talking about Mm -hmm. that for himself. Yeah. Whatever his name was before. Yeah. Was dead. Because of King Edward abdicating. Mm -hmm. And so now he's King George and that's all he is. I'll tell you what, too. The Queen Mother, she she had some good morning practices. Seriously. That beautiful black outfit with that huge, gorgeous veil. Yeah. And she'll take a hit off of her cigarette and then a hit off of her asthma medication. Then a hit off of her cigarette. A couple sips of whiskey. Good to go. Yeah. Morning in style. It's a heck of a curtsy she did, too. Yeah. So we're getting kind of down to the wire. We are getting down to it. We're getting down to the the big shit because Elizabeth is getting down to the big shit. Right. Elizabeth, at this point, when her father dies and she becomes Queen Elizabeth II, is 25 years old. Quick audience poll. What were you capable of doing? I was lucky I remembered to take my birth control every day when I was 25 years old. I didn't need any birth control at 25. (laughs) Schmoopy. Yeah, 25 years old. So they're, they're preparing for the funeral. King George is lying in state in his room. Everyone has returned to Buckingham. Elizabeth gets a few minutes of time with him just by herself. Right. And she allows herself just the briefest moment of crying. Right. And this is this is after she's read the letter, you know, from her grandmother. And then we start to see the real moments. She comes out of that room and she is fully Queen Elizabeth. 100%. And her family, her grandmother is curtsying. Wow. Her sister and her mother have to curtsy and bow and kiss her cheek and act as though she is the queen and all of a sudden her husband walks behind her and philip is behind yeah. and that is her life that is the new normal and of course uh, this is when i really we didn't talk much about john lithgow's cabinet this time around the old drunk white guys right exactly uh, there's all this sort of power struggle happening um because 
some of the people like the Eden guy wants well the, the rest of the cabinet wants Eden to right, be the new PM right insists that he take Churchill's seat when he is filling exactly. in for him which I thought was a great little right too much too much harumphing right and <laughs> Churchill doesn't want to step down yet. He's still got work to do because I defeated the Nazis. He has a longer bath to take. Right. And uh, so it's an interesting power dynamic happening. And then listening to his his eulogy at the end. Uh-huh. It's, it's funny. The whole cabinet's sort of all gathered around in the smoking room. And they're all sitting in their red leather chairs and sitting around the, the wizard's wireless listening to <laughs> <laughs> the speech. And it's, of course, it's a great speech. Um, and it's another one of those things that I'd like to look up for next week to see if the text was actually what was read in the show or if it was something close to that. That's a little more easy for me to find out sure. than, than the daily. That's a little more specific. The annual activities of the royals' vacations. You know, they're all sort of looking at each other because the speech was so good. And I think maybe they're not sure if they want to give up, if they want Churchill to step down yet. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see where that will go in the coming weeks. Yeah. I wonder if Churchill gets to wear a tiara Ooh, in this show. Some sexy lingerie. <laughs> He's very tall. He's got long legs. <laughs> John Lithgow, yeah. <laughs> that pretty much takes us to credits. Yeah. When we watched this episode the first time, one of the things that made me really sad was that we weren't going to get to see King George anymore because I so fell in love with the character. <laughs> I so love the actor. I th- as you can tell, I think he does an amazing job. And I was so sad that he was dead. We weren't going to get to see him anymore. Yeah. But I'm going to give you a little bit of a spoiler alert. We get some flashbacks with him in upcoming episodes. So I'm, I'm happy that Thanks King to lives on. good writing and modern filmmaking that we can actually keep King George around. Yeah. So we can keep seeing Jared Harris's performance. I like him so much. He's really good. Yeah. So that's it. That's it. That was Roll a good credits. episode. Long live the queen. Long live the queen. God save the queen. What are you talking about? Either one. I didn't know if you'd want to say God or not. I like saying it. I say it with a lowercase g. Oh, okay. Which do you want to say? I like God save the queen. That's fine. Okay. Let's do it. All right. God save the queen. God save the queen. Mwah. Totally to your time. The podcast where the stars align. get a cough button for my microphone <coughs> he was also he was dead he wasn't waking up oh my god you're dying oh my god wow oh chris